What is going on, everybody? Randall Thor19 here, one of the co-hosts for the Xbox Two podcast. With me, as always, the one and only Jez Corden, fresh from his vacation where he caught a gnarly tan. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> gnarly tan? Gnarly, I, bro. I think somehow I got whiter while I was out there. <laughs> how do you go to Florida? How do you go to Florida and become even paler than you already are? Well, dude, it was it was foggy the whole time we were there. It was like thick mist the whole time we were there. So but it didn't matter because we didn't really get much opportunity to go out much. Yeah. So um, awesome, I, I, I ate alligator meat. You ate alligator? Okay. Tell me how that is. Now, I've heard people say alligator is all right. It's actually kind of delicious. I've never actually eaten alligator myself. It was, it was really it good? nice, man. Yeah, man. It was. I would eat alligator again. Mm. Um, it, it's kind of like it. It had the texture of almost like rare beef, but had like a almost like a lamb goatee sort of quality. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's hard to just. It just tastes like chicken, then. Awesome. So the reason we haven't had a podcast uh, last week or even most, you know, it seems like every other week recently, it's because, uh, you know, obviously schedules aren't lining up right. And Jez was on vacation this past week in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, vacation. So he didn't, he's like, I ain't doing no Xbox 2 podcast. He's chilling in Florida playing World of Warcraft instead of out on the beach (laughs) soaking up the sun. Ah, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Considering last week, it was a polar vortex here in Chicago, where you know that was last week, right? Or was it the week before? Either way, I think it, was it last week. I'm, I must be losing my mind because I can't remember if I was in the negative thirty degree weather last week or if it was the week before. I've never experienced be- below. Is that thirty F or C? Uh, th- that's F Fahrenheit. We don't do Celsius here. That, oh, that's, so. that's like minus 34 Celsius. I've never experienced more than... I've never experienced more than minus 4 Fahrenheit. Hmm. Mm. Well, it's pretty, it, was pretty, it was pretty damn cold here. I ain't gonna lie. It was cold for it's two days. Cold. And then, I mean, it's cold right now. It's like 10 degrees outside, but... Um, it's fair onesie. No, dude. It, I mean, uh, it was cold. Do you have a onesie? Do I have a onesie? No. But it, but it's not like Seattle, where a lot of my Xbox friends are paralyzed because it's about to snow four inches, and they basically shut down the entire uh, area. Like, oh, can't go to work, can't go to school, can't go anywhere else. There's four inches of snow on the ground. Whoop-de-doo. We call that a Tuesday here in Chicago. And like <laughs> they shut down the entire state. For four inches? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm going to troll Roby about that yeah, right now. Four inches. Oh, can't do anything. My buddy was telling <laughs> me that like all the uh, the 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 grocery marts and like the shopping centers are like empty with food because people think it's like the apocalypse and they're all stocking up on stuff. Because no it's like, come on, man, come on. It's like, it's like that in England, man. There's like two or three inches of snow and people just go crazy and. You know, everything shuts down. The media goes crazy, calls it a snowpocalypse. You know, they give names to these, like, storms. Like, the Britain can't handle a bit of snow. No. It usually just rains. But a bit yeah. of snow, everything goes to hell. 
So as uh, everybody jumbles into the room, make sure to uh, hit that like button and do us a little favor here. You see, YouTube has changed their policies once again. <sighs> used to be when you liked the video, it would automatically share it out on social media like Twitter or Facebook, m- mostly Twitter. But now YouTube doesn't automatically do that. So hitting the like button is not enough anymore. You actually have to go to that little share button underneath, click Twitter or click wherever and actually share it out. So if you, you know, want to take the extra two seconds to do that, we would appreciate it. Uh, there's so a- likes don't matter anymore? No, they, they matter. They matter for the algorithm and how hard YouTube pushes your video, but more for visibility of other people checking your thing out. Uh, they they got rid of that, man. Like used to be like you, you post a video, it would automatically uh, post to YouTube or automatically post to uh, Twitter or even Facebook uh, if you wanted it to. And if you liked the video and you had that stuff public, it would automatically tweet it out, right? So, like, it'd be like, Jez Corden, like the video about why the earth is flat, right? You know? Um, Now YouTube doesn't do that anymore. So, it's like, you can hit the like button and that still helps. But if you really do, you know, want to share it out, you actually have to go to the share button and share it out. I don't know why YouTube does this. It is what it is, though. They're just changing stuff left and right. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but that's what it is. So, yeah, you know, hit the like button, share it out if you want to, hit the sub button if you're new. Um, We do have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, Apex Legends, Xbox Game Studios, what that really means. Jess says it means something. It's not just a simple name change, guys. Jess says it actually means something. Um, Xbox Live on Switch. And why I think and phones. and phones. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Xbox Live on Switch and like phones, it's been there already. I don't understand why this is suddenly like the biggest news in the world, right? Because, because Uh-oh. I mean, we'll talk about it more. We'll but tease it, tease it, Jazz, tease it, so people it, people stay and listen. It's a big deal because it's the first time they let third parties use it. Oh. So up until now, only Microsoft has been able to use Xbox Live on those platforms. But now they've made an SDK so developers can do it too. Yeah. And you know what? I'm starting to think there might be Xbox games going to Switch that you'll be able to play soon? Question mark? Is that a nice little tease? Yeah. We'll talk about all that. And whatever else you guys want to hear, if you have any suggestions or comments on topics, make sure to put them in chat. Super Chat's open if you want your stuff heard right away. So uh, thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate it. I know it was like last notice. We weren't sure if we were actually going to be able to do it today, but Jez is ready to go. He missed podcasting uh, last week. So Jez, tell me about your vacation and what you've been <laughs> playing recently. Um, I want to I want to hear all about it because you know, we talked the other day, but you didn't mention if you actually enjoyed your time in Florida. I did. I love my time in Florida. I was like really nervous about going i mean for for full context it was like it was like a company-wide conference between windows central android central imore.com and uh some of our other teams just all getting together because we'll we'll work from home right we all work remotely and never see each other so we had a really good year last year and um the higher-ups thought they'd you know reward us with a trip to florida and a whole bunch of meetings content planning for the week it's kind of weird because like while like other digital media publishers are laying people off, we we seem to be growing, which is well, pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. 
But uh, that was what it was about, man. It was it was work stuff. But it was lovely in Florida. I mean, except for the mist. The beach was beautiful. Uh, Floridian people are lovely people and all that stuff. But um, and I got some time to play games while I was there. Namely, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yeah, we don't need to talk about World of Warcraft <laughs> anymore. Heroes of the Storm. I played a bit of that. Uh, nobody cares about Heroes of the Storm. Not even Blizzard and Activision <laughs> care about that game. Well, this. Is... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I was going to take my Switch, but then I decided why when I'm taking my laptop, which has games on it too. So I didn't take my Switch in the end. And um, oh, actually, I but we but uh, some of our colleagues took their Nintendo Switches, and we played some Mario Kart, first time we played Mario Kart, and played some uh, Super Smash Bros. So, you know, it's all good, man. That's uh, hmm. a, bit of, a bit of gaming time, but um, I've also been playing a couple of games that I can't talk about for review purposes. I suppose I can say what I'm playing. I'm playing Metro Exodus, and I'm playing oh, Crackdown 3. You lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> you <laughs> lucky... Try- Mother effort, you are you got Metro. That's the one. That's the one game I want so bad, and you have it? it. I mean, I am gonna buy it. I'm just saying. Are you gonna buy it on the Epic Store? <laughs> uh, no, because I don't play anything on the PC. I'm I'm perfectly fine buying it on on the X. So Metro oh, and, Exodus, huh? Ooh, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about well, it. Well, I figured you can't talk about it. Yeah. But uh, one game I can talk about. Uh, I played a lot of Division Two's Private Bear. Oh, you, the, have you tried that yet? Yeah, um, I have not tried the Division Two Private Beta. Uh, I'm also neck deep in two reviews. I am currently playing Crackdown Three for a review, which I can't talk about. And I also am playing Far Cry New Dawn for a review, which I cannot talk about. Fun. So yeah, so I can't talk about those two games either. But tell me about Division Two. Okay, so like Division Two, I played it. I played Division Two last year at Gamescom in a very in a sort of early-ish build. <clears throat> and at, at Gamescom, I kind of felt like it felt very similar to Division One, but but like playing the beta now, it feels like they've tweaked the movement. Like it, it feels like a lot easier to just move than in the first game. Like the first game felt almost like Gears of War level level heavy. You know, like you can't, you can't like fully turn around with one stick. You know, until it starts moving your camera around. But like, it's it's just so much easier to just dash in one direction in Division Two, which is like a pretty subtle change, but it, it makes it just feel a bit nicer. Gunplay is nicer too. Like enemies aren't bullet sponges anymore, and like there's a there's a big emphasis on visuals. So if an enemy is a bullet sponge, that's because he's covered in armor, and you have to shoot the armor off him. To like, you know, actually hit his vitals, which and when once you do get rid of his armor, then he goes down pretty quick, like any other human enemy. And um, another thing regarding visuals is that like all your equipment, like including like your bombs or your turrets or your shield or, or whatever abilities you choose, they always appear on your character as well. So you all you always know, look at a glance when you look over to like your squad mates, what their abilities are because they're physically equipped on them. Um, and the same goes for enemies too. Like you can see what equipment they're carrying, and um, I thought that was a pretty nice detail. Also, um, I haven't played it that much, but like we did, like the first sort of story mission sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The story missions feel more like full-blown dungeons now. Like, 
uh well i suppose there were as well in the original but like even like the side quests that are character characterized as side quests you remember like in division one how your side quests were sort of like uh sort of like just out there in the world and you just sort of put your way through an area and kill the boss that was just part of the regular game world they felt kind of like an afterthought almost by the dev team right now but now the side quests feel like fully fleshed out actual side quests with interesting story and stuff like that i did watch i did watch the beginning mission it did look a lot better than division one it seemed to play better is it right that there's really no loading screens in the game like everything's just just yeah actually comes to think which is amazing considering anthem has loading screens for its loading screens (laughs) right i mean anthem's loading screens are awful it's like look I guess, I don't know, I played Anthem as well, you know, for the beta. I wasn't that impressed at all for Anthem. Uh, but Division 2 just looks like, okay, fi- like they took what worked in the first game and they improved on it and they like got rid of the stuff that didn't. So I think Division 2 is actually going to be a really, really quality game. Um, and then Anthem, though, I'm not, I love Bioware, but nothing I played of that sh- that beta or whatever you want to call it. Uh, when I was playing that, like I didn't get the impression I was playing a Bioware game. It just felt like I was playing, you know, your next looter shooter, you know, like the story seemed, I, you know, they, they put you in like the middle of whatever. And it's just like, I didn't care about the story. Like I normally would. I mean, well, this is, this is one of, I, I spoke to my, um one of my colleagues about this and I said, like, I didn't know what was going on. It just the the plot just sort of felt like it was sort of like almost intentionally confusing. So you didn't look into it that much. And my friend was saying that like because um well my I say my friend my colleague Matt Brown who um he played he's played Anthem from the start at a preview event right mm-hmm. and he said like it makes a lot more sense when you actually do the the intro properly and they actually go through the world context in more detail. So okay, like maybe that's what I needed then. Yeah, he told me not he told me not to judge it on that basis because the full game will have a more robust introduction than what was offered in the demo. I think they shouldn't have called it a demo. It's literally called Anthem demo on the on the game list. They should have called it an alpha or a beta or something because it doesn't play like a demo. It plays yeah. like a beta test and like the servers had cues like a beta test or a stress test. It doesn't play like a demo at all. I think, like, by calling it a demo, they created, like, these weird expectations. Like, for example, Division 2's private beta, it has some bugs. Like, there seems to be a bug where you can get stuck on doors. Like, doors don't properly open. But, that I mean, it's a beta, so I'm okay with that. And I'll report that bug, and hopefully it'll get fixed. But they, but it's so much more polished than Anthem was. Like, buttery smooth, 4K, you know, no frame rate issues. Gorgeous visuals, you know, no no problems whatsoever, except for that door bug that I found. Yeah, plus Anthem was supposed to come out last year, and I remember it got delayed uh, to 2019. I'm hoping it's good. Like, I don't want any game to fail, so I got my fingers crossed. Hopefully it's really good. I know it's not going to be that game I played for 200 hours. I know... Uh, you know, with the fact that it's got no multiplayer, I'm not really the type of person that constantly replay missions over and over again so I can get better loot. Like, that doesn't appeal to me. But I am hoping for a solid 30 to 40 hour experience where I can enjoy the story and have fun playing with my friends and co-op because the game looks good. 
uh, it controls well. Like the the flying mechanics are amazing in the game. Like I have oh, fun yeah. just jumping like, off and flying. Like someone needs to take those mechanics and make an Iron Man game or something. Everyone keeps saying that. Um, it's, it's like, uh, how about instead of that, a Boba Boba Fett game? A Boba you know? Fett game. There you go. You know, well, EA probably canceled that already, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'm also, I'm looking forward. Same thing with Division Two. I'm looking forward to a solid thirty to forty hours single player co op experience, and then that's it. Like, I have really no interest in end game content. Any of this stuff. I really want a game with good end game content that I can really get my teeth stuck into. That's why I'm. That's why I'm really. I'm playing a lot of World of Warcraft right now because the end game is. I mean, a lot of people complain about the end game, like World of Warcraft fans. But honestly, the end game, World of Warcraft is the best end game out there, you know, for me. Like, well, I mean, you do pay fifteen dollars a month for it. Well, yeah, you could have some good stuff for it. I suppose that's the kicker, right? Like, you get what you pay for. You know, there's so much stuff to do. They patch things in every every like 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 what what like another game would consider an expansion. World 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 of Warcraft gets that like just free updates, you know. Like um, uh, well, free updates, quote unquote. You pay fifteen pound a month, you know. Um, it makes me wonder why other games haven't ever been successful in that model. You know? mm. but, um, it is what it is. But I, I really want a good quality end game because Fallout seventy six. Like as much as I was enjoying, like you love that game. Well, I was. Well, I was enjoying the, ex- the exploration and the narrative, like you know, uncovering all the the. The story that they wove into the, the game world, I, I really enjoyed that. But then you get to the end game in Fallout seventy six, and it is the worst, most unbalanced mess that I've ever seen in in a game. Mm. Like it, it's so clear that Bethesda just doesn't have a clue how an online game should work. Like they don't like their live ops team, and the engine isn't built for it. And it's like if people think that Fallout seventy six is a mess at low level. The end game is a whole other level of mess. So, yeah. well, Justin Russell has a good Justin Russell agrees with you about World of Warcraft's end game. He says World World's, World of Warcraft's end game is awesome, and plus the new raid smiley face. Yeah, Thanks the, for new the, raid, super the new raid is just awesome. It's yeah. huge, and like there's three difficulty tiers which keep your guild busy for for weeks. You know, and the loot's great, and it looks good, and it's got a story too. You know, it's you get you honestly get what you pay for with World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, I'm. I, the games I'm, can't do that. I'm so looking forward to Metro next week, though. <laughs> you have no idea. I love the Metro yeah. games. I, I'm you, looking t- forward to run, playing run, Anthem. Trust me, trust what? me, you really do have no idea. Oh, I do. What does that mean? It's gonna be bad. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but there's also been another. I mean. We we both finished Resident Evil. We talked about it on the last podcast. I love the game. I gave it a nine in my review. It's probably the best remake of a game ever, and I hope yeah. they do Resident Evil three uh, that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, that game is so good, and it's so it's infinitely replayable too. You can play it on harder difficulties. You can speed run it. There's so many different ways you can experience Resident Evil yeah, two. I- it's I'm intrigued by like how how fast speedrunners will get down get down to it. Yeah. you can like if you <clears throat> if you know like how the zombies move, you can just basically skip all the zombies and not kill any of them. And um like speedrunners like they'll get so good at it, like knowing which zombies pop up and which don't and go knowing exactly where to go and stuff like that. 
it'll be like really interesting to see how fast people can end up completing it. I reckon you could probably do it in like an hour or something. Yeah, I've seen people who uh, uh, who have been in an hour, but then there's speed runs on hardcore and all that stuff. Uh, so they're gonna add um, they're gonna add more difficulty modes to it as well, and also yeah. there's like this whole whole raid mode coming later. I think. Um, well, there's also like the free DLC and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, so the other game I've been playing, which is actually a topic because this delves more into like, I think it have an impact on future games and the industry in general. General is Apex, Le- Apex Legends. Now, <laughs> what a success story this game has been in four days, right? It's okay. So I'll set up the backstory here. Okay, so it's Apex Legends is a battle royale game from respawn the makers of titanfall titanfall one and two right and it literally launched out of nowhere no hype no press no nothing the only thing people heard about it was on a friday the quartering which is a big youtube channel broke the story because i guess some either someone in the press or someone from uh, one of the streamers, because people like Shroud and Dr. Disrespect and those guys were playing, uh, someone leaked it to him. He said that there's this new game coming. It's going to be coming on Monday, right? And then people are going back and forth. Is it true? Is it not true? Is it just PC only? Is it Xbox, PS4? What's it going to be? And then Monday, uh, you know, the stream went live, and it was like a short 20-minute stream. They're like, it's available right now. It's free to play. It's on every platform, right? Boom, boom, boom. Xbox, PlayStation 4, PC, right away, no issues, and boom. Three days later, it's over 10 million players, uh, over 1 million concurrent, and it's one of the best games I've played in the last couple of years. It's it's like the best Battle Royale game I've played. It It's so Seriously? much better. Yeah, dude, It, it they, it's like they were sitting in the wind. Like, Respawn... And like Vince Sempella and the people who were in Infinity Ward before Respawn, they've never made a bad game in my opinion. The early Medal of Honors, the early Call of Duties, Modern Warfare 1 and 2, right? Then going to Respawn, making Titanfall 1 and Titanfall 2. They know first-person shooters. So you know it has the pedigree of the gunplay, right? It's just only really missing the Titans and the parkour stuff, like the wall running, right? So it's just, it's like they were sitting back and they're seeing what other games are missing. Like, what's missing from PUBG? What's missing from Blackout? What's What do people not like about this? Or what do they don't like about that? And they incorporate that in the game. They fix that stuff. And it's, I don't know, like, for the fact that this game had no hype whatsoever, and it just launches, and people are just loving it, is kind of crazy, because it just bucks the whole trend of announcing a game at E3 that's coming out a year from now and doing the whole hype cycle, right? And you know what? I, I that I for this game, I think it was the best course of action because it, it, is, it is. I definitely agree that it's like not for every game, maybe, but for this game, for for an EA game, I think this yes. was actually a genius stroke of marketing. Because, like, if you think about it, if this game had had been announced at E three, right, you would have had the YouTube think pieces and everybody saying, "Oh, they're wasting respawn's talent." Why aren't they doing Titanfall 3? It would have been a, just a a chorus of people upset about EA and, and about Respawn doing this stuff. But before anybody could say a word, the game was available for people to play. And as soon as they played it, they're like, holy shit, this game's good. 
So you you just you you get rid of all those the naysayers and now people love it. And it's free to play and they have 10 million players. And I'm sorry, but there's something to be said about free to play games, right? I honestly think off off the base off the success of Fortnite and off the success of this game, I wouldn't be surprised with next generation coming that most of the multiplayer games that come out for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC are all going to be free to play. Yeah, and the only <clears throat> I've, uh, honestly, I've been wondering why it hasn't happened sooner. Because like you always, I always think back to um, I was thinking about this because of Halo Five, right? Because it was like, even though everyone hated Halo 5's campaign, or it certainly felt like that to me, Halo 5's multiplayer is still going strong today, right? But it's like, <clears throat> how do you move those players off Halo 5 and bring them over to Halo 6, you know, or Halo Infinite, rather? And I think, like, the Master Chief Collection solved this in a way by, like, combining them all together into a single package. But it's almost like it's, it comes to a point where you wonder, like, why isn't there, like, a separate Halo multiplayer game as a service, which has, like, all the different playlists like Halo, you can play like Halo Combat Evolved playlist, Halo Two playlist, Halo Three playlist, blah 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 blah, and and it's all like in a single free to play package, with like all the customization from Halo Reach, maybe as like the cosmetic microtransaction layer or whatever, and they're just constantly feeding new content to the game, like and then and then you sell like Halo Infinite's campaign separately, and then the next Halo games campaign separately while keeping the multiplayer separate and updated for free. You see, I thought about that, but then that kind of gets away from the whole business model of Xbox Game Pass. Like what 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 good of use is Halo and Game Pass if if it's free to play? Mm. And what good is free to play when on Xbox you need Xbox Live Gold to actually access it anyways? Unless unless like eventually what in this scenario you're talking about they get rid of gold so anybody can play this Halo free to play uh, game and only the single players in Game Pass, because I mean, is that was Netflix going to be driving Game Pass in the future? Is content that is expensive, like Crackdown Three comes out next week. It's sixty bucks, but you can sign up for Game Pass and play it for ten. You know, if if Halo is free to play, well, there's no incentive for it being in Game Pass. You know That's what I mean? True. I mean, maybe Halo is a bad example, but you know, I, I think this is this is how Battlefield Five was supposed to work, right? So well, I mean, um, in a sense, like they were gonna, they were gonna have like episodic content for the story while having the campaign, the multiplayer sort of separate. But they did it kind of like the wrong way. Like they should have probably sold Battlefield Five's multiplayer. Probably should have been the free to play bit. Probably. I mean, they screwed up on Battlefield Five, but like, I'm just shocked. That a game this good, and I understand there's people out there that don't like Battle Royale. Like, you know, I get it. Not everything's going to be for everybody. And honestly, before this whole Battle Royale thing started, I didn't think it was going to be for me. And it wasn't until I played PUBG. Like, I, I don't like Fortnite whatsoever. I, I, I dislike that game. I don't think it's very good. Uh, PUBG gives me that slow tactical experience that I, I can have with my friends. And I thought Blackout was bad. Like, I honestly thought... When I played Call of Duty's Blackout, I'm like, this is bad. Like, this is not good whatsoever. And then here comes this game, and it's like, oh my god, it's like, 
that sits in between PUBG and Blackout, but it has all these like it takes these ideas from Overwatch. You have the characters with the the unique abilities, right? You got the team play, you have the small map, you have the, the you know the the movement and the gunplay of Titanfall, and you have like the things that they added, like. It's much quicker to loot in this game. It's it's you know exactly what you need because the game won't let you pick up like lower tier loot than what you have, and things go right onto your gun. And it's really quick to loot. It's really fast paced and stuff like that. It makes you wonder why. Like, I mean, speaking of the Overwatch influences, it makes you wonder why Blizzard hasn't capitalized on that. And it's almost, it's almost embarrassing because like Overwatch is pretty much perfect for a battle royale type scenario, you know. Right. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, like I, I've put in like twenty twenty six hours already on it. You know, I've, I and the cosmetic, like the microtransactions, I feel no incentive to actually buy anything because it's all just cosmetic nonsense, anyways. So it's like mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care about cosmetics. So it's like, yeah, it has loot boxes, which are you know kind of, you know, I think people say like disgusting at this point in time. But it's cosmetic stuff. There's no pay to win things here. So like. I'm perfectly happy with what it is. Now, I think the game needs to get updated constantly for it to, you know, retain its player base and all that stuff. But it's just amazing how this game just came out of nowhere and it's taken everything by storm. And judging how, like, poorly Battlefield sold, like, I'm looking at it, like, in the future where the multiplayer games are just going to be free because that's how they they want it to be. It's just, like, they want as many people playing these games as possible right away. That $60 price point is a barrier to entry. And I think like games like Fortnite and this one will show people that this is the way to go. If you want a large player base, freeze the way to go. And story single player stuff will be what you pay for next gen. Uh, You know, maybe it won't be every multiplayer game. I mean, thinking about it, Jazz, do you think Call of Duty multiplayer web will be free to play? Or will they always package that together at sixty bucks? Because that's because if they do it, then everybody's going to do it, right? But well, would, would Activision like, give up all that money, though? You know, well, that's the one thing. thing like I was... Activision, Activision doesn't need to do it. I mean, like if um, if this was like a pre- Apex Legends was a sixty dollar game, and uh, and they tried this marketing thing where they just dumped it without any hype cycle, it would have flopped so hard. So so hard because no one's just gonna when it's free to play, it's just like, oh yeah, why not? I'll try it. When it's sixty dollars, it's like, oh, I need to know more, you know. So um and I think like they they can't do that for Call of Duty, you know. If it's, it's I mean they could they could do the blackout and make that black, free. That's that's what I've heard, like people calling for blackout to be free. You know. Well it's PUBG still isn't free, right? No, PUBG is 30 bucks. I mean, they've sold like 70 million copies, so they've made their money, but most games don't sell 70 million copies, and PUBG was at the forefront of the Battle Royale explosion. But well, then Fortnite the thing, just took... Like, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got an established business model that works, like Call of Duty does, and PUBG does, there's no, there's no incentive for them to change that business model. But like with um, Apex Legends, I suppose they wanted to do something a bit different. And um and to get like to get noticed in a busy sort of battle royale crowd, free to play is the way to go. I mean, I downloaded Realm Royale, right? I'm not a fan of battle royale games either, like you, like generally. But I downloaded Realm Royale just because it was free, and I, I I had quite a lot of fun with it. 
you know, got pretty high. Haven't won. Dude, like you it. need to play this. It's actually really good. It's, I've got it I, mean, I, I am shocked. And I, I guess I shouldn't be because I said respawns never let me down. But oh my god, like and this you're people are gonna laugh. But I oh. honestly after I played it that first day, I went to bed thinking about Apex Legends. Oh wow. Like that's how much hold like that first day and the next day, like I was thinking about the game. That's how you know a game's great. Like God of War, similar things. I was thinking about God of War when I wasn't playing God of War. I was thinking about Red Dead Redemption 2 when I wasn't playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I was thinking and about now I was thinking about problem. Apex. <laughs> I was thinking about Apex Legends when I wasn't playing Apex Legends. Like it's crazy. That's kind of a good game, right? Yeah, to me. Uh but yeah, I see I've I've been having at least two zombie dreams per week because of Resident Evil. But uh there there's some issues. Like I don't like the fact that it's only three players like you need three players right we have a we have a team of four that we always played with in, in PUBG, and now yeah, that means actually, one person I've heard, them, I've heard them praise that though because then they have like this really great non-verbal communication system no yeah so the ping the ping system is is awesome like that needs to uh like other games need to take that because it's in it's you can have you can team up with randoms and you can play a game without any sort of verbal communication by just right bumper, like it'll ping where you should go, uh, double clicking it will, you know, mark an enemy. You can tell people that you're looting here and all this different stuff. You can actually play a game with randoms and have nonverbal communication by how see, awesome the ping system is, which other other Thieves games need to take that. that right? Yeah, what? Sea, of Thieves, sea of Thieves wanted to have this nonverbal communication system, but it's really clunky. So this yeah. sounds like that, that, but done right. See for me, I just, I just, like I said, I had a group of four for PUBG, and it's just one. Per- that means one person sitting out because you can only play with the max of three. So I, I, uh, I want it to be four player squads so we can all play because I don't like the fact that one of us has to sit out. Now, honestly, that's not going to be an issue this weekend because, like I said, I'm playing Crackdown Three, I'm playing Far Cry New Dawn, and the next week I'll be playing Metro. So I really won't have time to play Apex. But I say, um. Sorry, just last point on on that. Didn't they say that solo and duo is coming? So you could have two groups of two, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 it's a lot of teamwork because a lot of the characters and all that. Uh, you know, like I don't know if it'll work in solo or even well in duos. I'm just, I would just want to see how they're gonna evolve the game and keep it fresh, add new legends with more abilities, like. And it's it's kind of funny how this game drops out of nowhere with no hype, and EA's game that they've been hyping for two years now comes out in two weeks, Anthem. And how like almost this is overshadowing their own game. Uh, that sounds familiar. Um, it, it, <laughs> it happened to respawn before with Battlefield One and Titanfall Two. Now they're just now they're the other end of it. Now they're the one, you know, receiving well, all the praise and attention. The thing is, there's not going to be much overlap between those two games because Anthem is 100% PVE based, right? Anthem is yes. There's no multiplayer in in Anthem. Yes, no competitive multiplayer. No competitive multiplayer. Yes, well, I think like the, I don't think there'll be much overlap there. You know, God, I, I just I just want to get I just want to get on my Xbox and play Anthem Apex Legends right now. Well, I I, te- one, I got one question for you regarding Apex Legends. How mm-hmm. does it tie into the wider Titanfall universe, if at all? I don't really think it does, to be honest with you. I mean, other than like the movement and the gunplay is right from titanfall like i'm not so, really sure where the universe there's not there's I no mean, it, i think it is in the same universe but like who cares right i, I care man 
mean, but who cares? This isn't, you know, like the Titanfall. The Titanfall universe proved proved with Titanfall two that it has like it has the capability to go beyond just being a shooter. Yeah. I mean, they also EA also said there is a Titanfall game of some kind coming out towards the end of the year. See, that's uh, so weird because they initially said there isn't, but then, then they said they ch- there is, and they changed their mind. So, like, yeah. we went out, we went out, and reported Titanfall three isn't in development, and Kota- uh, Jason Schreier, is that is that right from Kotaku? Mm-hmm. He said he said that it had been cancelled, and then EA said, "Yeah, there's no Titanfall game in development right now," and then. Five minutes later, they were like, "Oh, we're working on more Titanfall too, as well." I I remember so that first night I was we were we we're in a party with uh, my buddy James Shields, and he's a big Blackout fan, right? Which I see James in chat. What's up? And um and he was like, "What do you what do you guys think?" And I'm like, "James, this is so much better than Blackout. It's not even funny." And he's a huge Call of Duty guy, and he's like, "No, no, it's not." I talked to him last night. I'm like, "It's better than Blackout," and he's like, "Yeah, you were right." <laughs> <laughs> like you're damn right i'm right blackout is just uh in comparison apex legends is so much better in every way than blackout like honest i know like what hard. you like is very subjective right but when i see people say blackout is better than apex legends i'm like who are you lying to bro yourself like are you kidding me like, come on <laughs> like there's no i don't know either way either way um is that staying on the subject shield yes Yes. Oh wow! Shout, shout out for the new sports red controller. Yes, the uh, red controller that they debuted at Inside Xbox. Uh, another beautiful controller that I'll probably end up buying. Um, but sticking on EA really quickly, uh, they blame the low sales of Battlefield Five on the fact that it's a single player instead of battle royale. Jazz, what do you think? Uh, it's hard to say because we still don't really know what their version of battle royale is going to look like. I think, um, I, well, to be fair, I think anything would have been better than the single player we got because Battlefield Five single player mode was god awful. I hated it every minute of playing that. I think like the the Norwegian level was the best one, but it's a bloody low bar, I think. So I think like in high, <laughs> hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I think pretty much anything than that single player mode would have been better for Battlefield. So probably yeah, but the battle royale mode they should have prioritized. Well, yeah, I mean, if they wanted to sell as many copies at launch, there should have been a Battle Royale mode at launch. But Battlefield Five seems to be a game that was just never could make the right choice, never could make the right decisions. That was mismanaged from the second they revealed that game, right? And I think just saying that, oh, the reason it has less sales is because single player is a little disingenuous because... It's super disingenuous. Because there was the huge backlash the game got. You know, we're, we're not going to get into it, but but essentially there's people pissed that there's women in World War II, uh, people that were pissed that they wanted, you know, I'm kind of simplifying it, but people are upset with how EA was portraying, uh, you I honestly know, think, like, I think, in, I mean, there are definitely idiots out there who are against you know any sort of diversity in the game for sure but i think like ea doesn't do themselves any favors when they say things like don't buy the game well that's especially, that's what i was getting into the, is that they basically they basically told their consumers don't buy the game if you don't like it and that's 
that's not, not something you should really ever do. Not you shouldn't tell your consumer base, yeah, if you don't like it, don't buy it. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just the fact that those games are just do appeal to dude bros. More I mean, like Battlefield One sold 15 million copies in the same time frame, so this sold like 100 percent less. Sold seven million, right? Well, that, that's another thing. It's like for me that I mean, I played Battlefield Five and enjoyed it, right? And I bought it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, what does it do that Battlefield One didn't do? Pretty much nothing. And the, I mean, the setting is very similar. Yes, European classic theater of con- conflict. Like pretty much, like a lot of the weapons are making us their second return from Battlefield One. Like the Thompson, for example, and it's it's like I do think you're right on that. It's just I think I I do think people are just worn out of World War Two. I think coming out after Call of Duty already went back to World War Two hurt the game. I think the reveal hurt the game. I think I I think everything they did was detrimental to Battlefield. You know, uh, like the way they reacted to the controversy instead of dousing the flames from the people who wanted historical accuracy in women, they doubled down on it and called their consumers dumb and said, hey, don't buy it if you don't like it. They should have they shouldn't have said all that stuff. They should have tried to put out the fire, but instead the fire spread. Right. And then it was then it was like, oh, like modes weren't going to be available at launch. The Battle Royale and some other modes were going to come later. So only at launch you had the maps for the multiplayer and single player. Then it turns out the single player is not even finished and it was absolutely horrible. So it's like the fact that EA is blaming, oh, we did single player and that's the reason why. That's BS. Because that's an easy, they can sell that to investors. Oh, it didn't do as well because we focused on single player. We should have focused on Battle Royale. You should have, 100%. Like, this is what I'm saying. The decisions surrounding Battlefield Five were screwed up from the start. The fact that you didn't prioritize a Battle Royale right away just shows you how out of touch you are. Remember, they weren't going to even do a Battle Royale. Well, we're not doing it. And then all of a sudden at E3, they're like, it's Royale. And it's like, okay. And now they got their Battle Royale mode coming out next month, but nobody's going to care about it because people have Apex Legends, which is which is free. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which is free and people have to pay for the other one. So it's like every single decision they made about battlefield five was the wrong decision. You know, it wasn't just single player being there instead of battle rail was every single thing they did wrong. Like it's a case study of how not to screw up a franchise. You want to read about something in 10 years. I'm sure there'll be articles talking about how they screwed up battlefield five and how they screwed up the franchise. So So you're saying the franchise can't come back from this. No, of course it can come back, but this this game is I don't think I I, I don't think this game's gonna this game it it's it's done, I you know like especially with the competition for Apex Legends and everything else coming out, like they're not gonna be able to salvage Battlefield Five. Just mm-hmm. make just do this is what the people want: modern combat. Battlefield does modern combat incredibly well. That is what people want from Dice. They want modern combat so when two years from now it's battlefield uh six modern combat people will be like all right great and then you can have women in the game because women are in the armed forces now nobody's gonna care you know what i mean now i have i I do think well this other thing like what is ea's big multiplayer game for this holiday um jazz 
Because uh, supposedly there's no there's <laughs> no battlefront and there's no battlefield. A good question. Well, they've got um, Jet the Jedi game, but that's not multiplayer, is it? Or is it going to have a multiplayer mode? Does anyone know? Um, I don't. I think it's a single player game. That's that's See, interesting. That's like, what Sam just... Sam Tolbert says in chat. He's like, "What does this mean uh, for Dice? Is Battlefront Three coming this year? I don't think so. There's no way they put out two Star Wars games this year. There's no way there's Battlefront Three Star Wars and then also a Star Wars game from Respawn. Not happening. And there's definitely not a Battlefield game. So the thing about EA is like they can easily take a, a a year off from Battlefield and Battlefront, but just because of the cash cow that is FIFA and Madden. And stuff like Actually, that. I did hear a rumor. Oh. That uh, that uh, this year they'll there's going to be a bad company game that's coming out. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, so, that'd be a that'd be a good way to placate the the hardcore fans. Yeah, like if they redo Battlefield Bad Company, have the single player and like the modern combat, and just touch it up for next gen, people might be like, okay, this is kind of what we want, and then the following year they can do you know, an actual proper modern combat battlefield, you know, maybe that's how it's going to go, but God, battlefield five. What a, what a, what a train wreck that ended up being. What an utter train wreck. Because it's fun. I mean, the, the multiplayer is good. Like, yes, the multiplayer is, the multiplayer is fun, but that single player was so God awful. And I like, I, I never expect a battlefield single player to be good though. Well, that's true. I that's just true. honestly, for me, it's like I don't care about all the other stuff. I was just kind of bored of that setting, and I just feel like this could have been the, this could have been a World War Two DLC for Battlefield One because yeah. it plays exactly the same way. And I think some of the other stuff I didn't really like in practice, like the the revival mechanic in Battlefield Two, uh, Battlefield uh, Five is awful i think do you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah i know what you're talking about so like when when you go down for those who don't know when you go down in battlefield 5 you just sort of you get stuck to the floor and you just roll around waiting for a res or something now it's not like you can't res people in the old games but for some reason it's just super tedious when you die and also it's just stu- super weird when there's like loads of enemy corpses rolling around and you, you can't like it's it's just tactically weird because you know you know the players are there giving your position away and you can't kill them. I don't know, it just feels wrong somehow. Yeah. But um moving on from that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh Xbox stuff, right? Xbox Game Studios. Uh they recently had inside Xbox, I believe on Tuesday. Not only did they reveal that sexy red controller that James Shields made, but they also had Matt Booty come out on stage to talk booty about time. Yeah, the booty era has begun. Uh, to talk about how they're changing the names of Microsoft Game Studios to Xbox Game Studios. And, you know, a lot of people thought, well, it's just a name change. Doesn't really mean much. But you think it does, Jez. You think it means more. There's more to it than just a simple name change, right? Yes, I think so. I mean, it re- it's it's actually pretty significant because what it what it does, it reflects the future of Xbox. Uh, it's it's not it's no longer just like underneath Microsoft. It's its own division with its own calling, 
and it's becoming its own platform. So for me, what this reflects is the fact that you're going to see your ex- you're going to see Xbox on Switch, you're going to see Xbox on phones and and you know other devices. Any device that supports XCloud is now an Xbox platform, and I think like calling it Microsoft Game Studios is no longer appropriate really in that sort of wider xbox as a platform vision you know and it's going to be weird because when you boot when you boot up minecraft on playstation 4 you're going to see a giant xbox logo when you boot up you know hmm so it's 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 indicative of the times so they so okay how do i want to say this um so you think this basically means that in the future uh, there will be more Xbox content outside of Xbox console itself, so they felt it was more appropriate to be called Xbox Game Studios than Microsoft Game Studios? Yep, I would say so. I would not be surprised if in the future we see some like second-party published Microsoft games like Ori and Cuphead make their way to other platforms under the Microsoft branding with the new Xbox Live SDK, which has been announced for Nintendo Switch. Now, why would they need an Xbox Live SDK for third-party devs to use um, if, they were, if they hadn't already got some Switch games planned? I mean, there's literally no point in making that development toolchain unless there was interest in it becoming a thing, right? So I would, I would think, like, in the very near future... We're going to hear about some Xbox exclusives that with like some of Microsoft's, maybe not even exclusives, maybe just multiplats from devs that have a really strong relationship with Microsoft. Um, using Xbox Live on Nintendo Switch, I would like be zero surprised about that. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I've always thought there was a strong possibility. Xbox games could show up on the Switch. In fact, I really do honestly think Ori 2 and Cuphead will be there on the Switch this year. But it's interesting to read the press release, though, Jez. Right? Oh. I'm going to read this section to you because just listen for the word. Uh, Xbox Game Studios is made up of 13 distinct game development teams responsible for beloved franchises like Age of Empires, Forza, Gears of War, Halo, and Minecraft. The teams at 343 Industries, The Coalition, Compulsion Games... The Initiative, NXL Entertainment, Minecraft, Ninja Theory, Obsidian Entertainment, Playground Games, Rare, Turn 10 Studios, Undead Labs, and our global publishing group are working hard to deliver incredible exclusives, original IP, and all new chapters from your favorite franchises, right? So I read that, and I'm like, okay. They use the term exclusives, right? Ain't nothing exclusive about a game that if it's on the Switch. Like you could you you could make the argument, and I know people have right that uh, Windows Ten and Xbox are basically the same thing, even though one's PC and one's a console. Uh, basically, you can only play those games through Microsoft's own store, so they are exclusive, right? Yeah. But if Ori Two is on the Switch, not exclusive, and you shouldn't yeah. use that word. But because... you're not going to get Halo Infinite on the Switch. I mean, how do you know that? Well, Switch can't handle you, it. But xCloud could through streaming. Yeah, but then it's still through Microsoft Store, like you said. Right, but I'm just saying. Well, okay, so so that would be okay. I was so that would be the work 
how they get around calling an exclusive. It's still a platform exclusive. The thing is, like, I, I encourage any, everyone to go and watch Microsoft's video on something called the Intelligent Edge, right? And this is how Microsoft's thinking about computing now. That Microsoft's thought, thought process regarding computing is we've got all these devices, all these screens, and there's no way any single company can compete against all those screens. So what Microsoft's in, intention here is, is to just, instead of competing against the screens, they are going to assimilate the screens and they're going to put their services on every single damn screen they can, which is why you get like Office on iPad now, which is something like people people said hell of frozen over when Office came to iPad. You know, you've got Office on Android now. You've got like you can access your OneDrive files on any device with a screen, any smart device with a screen. And it's going to be like that with Xbox. You'll be able to access your Xbox library on any device with a screen that allows it. So like maybe Sony doesn't allow it because they don't want to compete with with xCloud on their own platform and that's fine but um any other platform such as Android they Android won't be able to refuse it because they have a monopoly on on um, mobile and it, Microsoft will just be like oh well they they're being anti-competitive by blocking our service on their on their platform so yeah. Android can't block it and you've got iOS, which Microsoft has a good relationship with because of Office. So, like, um, it won't get blocked on iOS. And then you've got um, Nintendo Switch, which Nintendo and Xbox seem to be pretty buddy-buddy these days. And don't they don't seem to consider each other direct competition for whatever reason. Um, no, they, don't. They, they definitely don't. And shout out to the Ravenflow for the Super Chat. He says, it's a monopolization of online systems. We all knew Microsoft. I mean, they've been this is the writing's been on the wall for this for a long time. You know, like they're gonna put their stuff where as many people are, and the people are on mobile phones and stuff, right? The yeah. people just didn't really believe that Nintendo would be involved, and for a while, I didn't really believe it either because Nintendo's still very protective of their brand. But once Minecraft was shown to have crossplay. Not just that, but Xbox Live login. Right, you have to log in to Nintendo, Xbox Live. Yeah, where Nintendo was fine with the idea of people logging into Xbox Live through the Nintendo Switch. I'm like, oh man, this is just inevitable at this point now. It's going to happen. It won't happen on PlayStation because Sony wouldn't allow it. But look, we both agree, Jazz. If Sony would allow Xbox Live on, on PlayStation, it'd be there as well, right? 100%. Yeah. 100,000%. When Phil says he wants to put Xbox everywhere... He really does mean everywhere. So, but, all right. What about this situation? Now, we, we talked about, like, potentially Ori and Cuphead coming to Switch, right? Do you think, if that's true, if that does happen, and, and like, Ori 2 has, you know, Xbox Live functionality, right? Where you could, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious if it would be truly, like, um, what, what am I looking for? Like play anywhere where I buy Ori two on my Xbox, I log into my PC, I have it there, but then I also log into Nintendo Switch and I can enter an Xbox Live, my Xbox Live ID, and then boom, Ori twos is there on the Switch. That's the just- real. That's the real kicker. Like we've we've been in this situation on PC where, for example, City Skylines is the perfect Xbox Play Anywhere game in theory, right? But it's not. It's not Xbox Play Anywhere. And it has a different price point 
on PC for for a Windows store than it does on Xbox, and that's because they want a price match with Steam, but they can't simultaneous, simultaneously price match Steam with console. So they just forego Xbox Play Anywhere. So there are some like really weird economic financial decisions which make the idea of Xbox Play Anywhere on Switch sort of impossible because Switch games are expensive, man. I don't know what they're like in um, America, but Switch games are more expensive than Xbox games in Europe generally, especially digital ones. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about the Cuphead trailer from this year, this past year's E3 is that it didn't say console exclusive on it, which had raised my eyebrows at the time. And I'm like, but I was pretty sure the Cuphead developer said Cuphead 1 was eternally an Xbox exclusive. But well, when the DLC came out, or when that trailer for the DLC came out, there was no mention of console exclusive. Not that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody will correct me. But I don't know. I, I, I do feel, though, at, that if this did happen, because it's all just, you know, we don't know for sure. It's just, I, I think it's a very strong possibility. How many people are going to freak out, Jez? Like that day where Mike, because like Thomas Mahler, who is the creative director at Moon Studios behind this game, I mean, he's on record saying that something's going to happen in the future that is going to shock the industry regarding Ori 2. But like the only thing that could have potentially shocked the industry about Ori 2 is it being on a different platform other than Xbox and Windows 10. Yep. I think that's, I mean, what else could it possibly be? You know? I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it being anything else other than like it's on the Switch. Uh, which, yeah, that would be pretty shocking. I ain't gonna lie. Like that would be the the bullet that like people are now. It's no longer speculation. Like the hard reality is here, and there is an Xbox game on another platform. You know, like I, I, I honestly think it might happen. I honestly really do. And I honestly, you know, I'd be willing to put money down that we'll see maybe Ori, maybe Cuphead, maybe even Battletoads. Like those sort of 2D games, which will, would run well on the Switch hardware. You know, for example, Wasteland 2, that's on Switch and it's a Microsoft game now. So like, is that going to be updated with the Xbox Studios branding? I suppose not because they didn't publish it, but the thing that Wasteland 2 com- comes under Switch and Wasteland 3 presumably will be on Switch as well because it's a Unity based game. So, you know, I think this, this is the future that people need to accept is that Microsoft doesn't care where you want to play. Like, if you, if you prefer playing your games on Switch, Microsoft's going to be there for you. Well, if you prefer playing your game in games some on Xbox, huh? In some manner. It's like you said, you don't see a scenario where Halo's there. Well, I mean, they'd have to degrade the experience a lot to get Halo running on that hardware. But, like, who knows, man? If if there's, like... Well, that's what streaming's for, you know? And, like, some, some third-party games which the Switch can't handle, like Resident Evil 7, for example, they have, like, that, that weird streaming mode. You remember? Yeah. So, you know, we we have uh we have over three hundred watching, but only eighty eight likes. Do us a favor, get us over a hundred, and get us approaching two hundred by the end of the show. Come on, there's three hundred of you here just listening. Just click that little button. We'd uh, appreciate it. But just so the so the Xbox Live on Switch thing, the SDK. What exactly does that mean? So is it essentially Xbox is making 
the feature set set where if you're making a game that has multiplayer of some kind, if you just use the tools that Microsoft has already made, then you can have your game be cross-play without any work done on your end, right? That's basically what it is. Yeah, pretty much. It lets you it lets you tap into Xbox Live services. So, like at the minute, these these tools exist already, and they've existed for quite a while. Um, designed for Minecraft, funnily enough. So, like um, on Android, for example, there's X. On when you play Minecraft Pocket Edition on on Android, you have to sign into Xbox Live, and that gives you access to your Minecraft Realm servers that you've that you subscribe to. Gives you access to Chivos and and multiplayer, and lets you see your friends list and all, all that online services stuff. That already exists. So the the news here is that they're letting third party developers use it, and it's funny because I tweeted Mikey Barra a few years ago um, because I was playing Age of Empires Castle Siege on Android, which is another Xbox Live game for phones. Although it's shut down now, sadly, but it's a pretty pretty decent, you know, casual sort of touch based strategy game, and um, that had Xbox Live integration on Android, and it synchronized across Windows 10 and all that stuff, and I was like. Mike, um, why can't uh, why can't third party developers use Xbox Live on Android? It'd be cool if I could see more more Android games with Xbox Live. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's now, a no it's a no brainer. Now, wouldn't it be cool if you were playing a game on the Switch that also had a Xbox counterpart, like say Warframe? Say you're playing Warframe on the Switch. But you're also like logged into Xbox Live or whatever, and you start earning like you start earning like Warframe achievements on the Switch for your Xbox, like how you can with Minecraft. Like Minecraft, you can you can play Minecraft on Switch and get Xbox achievements, right? Exactly. I mean, that'd be interesting if they do it like that, or you know, like those kind of scenarios. Uh, I, I I do wonder. I wonder if if they're getting anything back from Nintendo. Other than like Nintendo just letting them do that, you know. It, well, it, that, that's the weird thing. It's like it's almost like Microsoft doesn't care. They don't. They're not in a position where like they desperately need the revenue back. I, I mean, they they need they need it to be like business neutral, right? But it's it's almost like it's almost like chasing a vision rather than chasing money for Microsoft at this point. Hmm. Hmm. Now, there was this other interesting uh, report that Z Huge shared with uh, people about an investor that had an interview with Microsoft. And that, well, the big takeaway from this, I'm not going to go over the whole thing because I did a video about it uh, earlier, was that uh, Microsoft has one of its primary goals that Microsoft has is the delivery of one AAA game per quarter in order to drive uh, subscriptions of Xbox Game Pass. So essentially... Like what I've heard. So sounds so basically four AAA games per year, or at least one per quarter. Now, the only thing I'm kind of hung up on here is that is it strictly just one per quarter coming from their own teams or just... A, a triple A game, regardless, just in Game Pass, no matter what. Like I'll shout out the Tomb Raiders in Game Pass right now. I think getting uh, to a would... point where they, I think honestly, getting to a point where they have four triple A games per quarter, I honestly think that is 
probably their goal and it's something that's potentially doable but we have to remember what is microsoft's definition of triple a here as microsoft said state of the k2 is triple a well know. technically the developers said state of the k2 triple okay. a well either way it's like I, I i honestly feel like microsoft's definition of triple a dif- differs from what fans think of triple a so are you saying super lucky's tale is triple a uh, I would, I would hope they don't consider Super Lucky's Tale AAA, but who knows? Maybe they do. Um, but I, I suppose like it's different though when you get in the game for free. You know, like there are games that I've enjoyed on Game Pass that I wouldn't necessarily have paid sixty dollars for. You know, um, and I'm sure that's 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 going to be true for a lot of people for a lot of games. You know, um, it's all about just giving people compelling reasons to stay subscribed. And I think we talked about it on the last podcast where I was saying how like on Netflix, you have, you have your flagship shows on Netflix, like stranger things and house of cards, at least before Kevin Spacey went crazy. And, um, and, uh, and it's going to be the same on game pass where like you have your, you have your halos and your gears of wars as your flagship game pass experiences. And then in between those, you have like maybe your smaller experiences like Bard's Tale 5 or whatever, whatever Wasteland, um, whatever in Exile's working on and, and stuff like that. Although I'm, not, I'm sure that those devs will get up to that level if, if Microsoft invests correctly. But I'm also, I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting The Witcher 4 from in Exile, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you're not expecting The Witcher. I mean, no, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's expecting The Witcher 4 from even Obsidian. Well, that's, well, that's what I mean. Th- those games can be like they'll be great games, but they'll they'll be sort of in between the the bigger titles. And I think like a big part of um, getting Game Pass into the mainstream is its consistency, right? It's it's making sure that you get people into a habit of expecting a big game every couple of months or every three or four months or whatever, you know. And that and that's kind of how Netflix gets people into a habit of paying for netflix i can't imagine unsubscribing from netflix now it's just it just feels like it's part of my life you know which is kind of maybe sad but i just like i don't buy tv i just have netflix because why why would i need anything else you know yeah i mean do you so do you think their 13 studios is enough to basically meet this goal or do you still think they need to go out and shop some more no i i definitely think they need they need to shop they do need to shop how many, like i don't, I don't think 13's enough there i mean <laughs> can, 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 we could do the math right like estimation okay what do you so what do you think to hit that goal of a triple a game per quarter how many studios does microsoft need to get up to well let's say each studio takes I mean, how, how many years do you think it needs to make for a AAA game? Like three? Two or three? I mean, it, it depends. Like, what is AAA? You know? It depends what Microsoft uses AAA. State of Decay 2 AAA is uh, Super Lucky's Tale AAA. You know, That's like... another thing. It's like the, the, the length of development is longer depending on the size of the dev. Yeah, like the, the initiatives game is probably usually going to be a minimum of three-year development if not four, right? right? But then Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport are usually two years. Um, I Like right now, like I, I know on Reset Era and especially in the Discord, shout out to those guys, 
they have this hashtag. It's called hashtag 20 by 20. They think Microsoft will have 20 studios by the, by the end of 2020. Mm. So seven more from now. I think that's a tad bit unrealistic. Those, those think, guys, those guys like they are mad for. Uh, yes, they sure bad, are. Bad <laughs> they like talking about Xbox all day, every day, which is great. And you don't have to deal with a lot of the regular uh, doom and gloom that pervades some of Reset Era's actual threads about Xbox. Some, some, some threads, some, some threads, most threads. <laughs> but threads. Uh, Microsoft acquiring another seven studios in another two years or a year and a half or whatever, I think, is a little bit unrealistic. I think you maybe never you never I mean, know. You never know. You never know. Maybe, maybe if like Xbox, like Satya sees the growth and the money, he might be like, "All right, like here you go." But um, I don't know. Like I still think this year you'll get a couple. Um, and it, someone had tweeted me uh, that he wants Microsoft to buy uh, Nod and Night School Studios. But mm. I think episodic gaming like that. I think that's that's really doesn't have value anymore. No, I think the whole episodic thing is... I think the bubbles burst on that. So I don't really... I'm not saying Dotnod's not a good developer, because they are, but I'm not sure they're worth buying. Like, Vampire was, like, so close to being a great game. They just, like... They needed, like, a quality combat designer or something. Right. Did you play that? You did, right? Vampire, I played it for a little bit. Didn't really care for it. I played it, like, I didn't complete it, but I got I got I got to the last area, but I just got bored. Like the the combat is so so repetitive, but like they they could easily get up to that level, I think, with like the right acquisitions. But uh, we could talk about what studios they could buy, like until the cows come home, because really, when Microsoft's checkbook is open, and there are a lot there are a lot of struggling mid tier devs, like who just live, you know pretty much project to project and it's like if if one project flops really bad that's like the end you know for the whole studio um well yeah so dj singh says typhon studios is the current rumor and i'm 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 pretty sure that was something put out by clobril but then like the devs themselves caught wind of it and started like making fun of that yeah um, i think that they um they said something like oh yeah microsoft we, we'd love to be bought let's hit us up with something like joking around about it yeah, but like it doesn't seem like it. It was true, or it wasn't true anymore, or something. It does seem though, like especially when I go into the reset era thread, uh, when they talk about Xbox, like the entire threads can just be about studios that Microsoft's going to buy, and it's all just, oh, what about this studio? What about this studio? It's like that's what the. <laughs> it's just funny, uh, what what like this whole thing has kind of started. Now it's just like studios and rumors and all this stuff. Um, so I don't know, like I, I do think Microsoft needs more studios if their goal is at one AAA per quarter and it's coming from their own first party, I would say they probably need about four more. Yeah. I think four more, four more studios would be about where you need to go. But I mean, there's, there's quality studios out there, but I mean, it's so expensive to bring these studios in, Yeah, you know, and, and like, Especially since now, like studios are aware that Microsoft shopping, they're probably like up there, up there, uh, up there, like uh, their valuations and stuff like that. Yeah, because like right now, I think all the studio heads are at Microsoft. Uh, you know, for their plans for the upcoming year, and 
talking about like how they're going to share technology, which is great. Now, that's one of the things the Sony studios are really good at is sharing uh, engines and technology and know-how and experience to help make their games as best as possible. And um, you really haven't heard much of that from Xbox. Well, then again, quite frankly, Microsoft's first party has been pretty anemic for quite some time because really, they really their first party has been in- incredibly small. It's been what three, four, three, the Coalition, Minecraft, and Rare for the most part for this whole gen, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't really have a lot of studios, so there's really not much technology sharing because you don't really have a lot of people that you can that are under the same umbrella as you, that have the same NDAs, that work for the same company. Because even Playground said when they were just second party doing Forza Horizon, they weren't included in a lot of that stuff because they couldn't be. Yeah, I I remember this whole... I mean, it's funny. Like There was this whole thing with Nokia, too, where Nokia was the biggest Windows phone company, but they were saying, like, Microsoft won't share half their secrets with us, so... It's good that we're being bought out because it means we'll, we'll, we'll be able to technology share now, but then Microsoft shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravenflow says Xbox had more first party than Sony last gen, but studios closed down. I don't think that's true. Like Microsoft's first party mm, has been about as big as it's been. Like he's talking about, I think he's talking about a lot of the, because I see, I see this pan uh, spammed around on social media about like, look at all the studios feel closed, man. But like it's all these like Hololens studios and all these Windows 8 phone studios and and like studios like Press Play and stuff like that that didn't really make any money. I mean, they shut down uh, Lionhead. They shut down Press Play. They shut down. Uh, I can't even really think of the other ones they shut down. Some, some of those like weird studios, like I can't remember their names now, but there was there was a bunch of like smaller studios that were working on uh, mixed reality games and stuff like that. But the uh, thing is, a lot of these studios didn't actually get shut down; they just got folded into other companies. And well, did they even make any games? Like well, that's did the thing: studios like, make anything? I don't think they did. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft's plans changed a lot. A, a lot regarding like mobile and mixed reality. A lot of their plans like just sort of shifted around, you know. Like they did, they decided. You know what? We're we actually don't need three studios working on mixed reality games right now because uh, mixed reality ambitions is is more like industrial military applications. Like they just they've just sold half a billion dollars worth of Hololenses to the U.S. military. Did you see this? I did not see this. So what happened? They sold half a billion dollars worth of Hololens to um, the U.S. military. Hmm. So like Hololens isn't going anywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it really has gaming applications, though. That was the thing people... Hey, have you not played HoloLens Conquer? No, nobody's played HoloLens Conquer. Nobody nobody wants to play HoloLens Conquer. I played it, and it's good, actually. No, you haven't. I have played it. I I owned HoloLens for a little while. I had to give it to Zach, but... um, We we have, like, we have two HoloLenses in the company, and I borrowed borrowed it for a while, and I, I played Conquer, man. Like it, it, like it put like coins all over your tables and your floor and stuff, and you just moved them around with the joystick and picked up the coins. It was just mm. a tech demo, but it's like it was still kind of cool. But I, I've heard Rand that um, some big franchises actually from Microsoft might actually be making their way to mixed reality this year. Oh, great! <laughs> great, you got that to look forward to, pal. Yeah, great. So I can look forward to what to what like not playing it on my Xbox. I mean, awesome. 
like one of the things that we rarely talk about is um VR for Anaconda because like the Xbox One X was announced as a VR platform and then they were like actually nah actually I mean, nah. well yeah yeah so that so that's yeah I, I I still recall when Phil's when they originally announced Scorpio Phil said there was going to be a premium VR experience right yeah and VR never came to Xbox One X and they have no plans on ever doing it but you still feel strongly that the next Xbox will have VR? I, I don't know. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Like, do you think it's necessary anymore? Do you think the fad is past? Because Sony ne- seems to be doubling down on it. Necessary? I'm not sure it's necessary. Uh, is it something that would be nice to have? Yeah, why not? I'm sure there are people out there that would like to have uh, some VR stuff. But at the time, like... <sighs> I, I'm not sure how it would work. Would it just be, okay, Microsoft comes in, they allow VR, they just have games from Windows and Steam come into it. They obviously wouldn't be really making games for it themselves. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I would, if, <laughs> if it's, if, if VR comes to the system at the expense of something else, then I would say it's not worth it. But, if it's just just add it and nothing else gets taken away, uh, then sure. I, I mean, I don't. I, I'm. I'd be all for it. But I'm well, sure. I'm going to tell you something interesting now because, well, at least I think it's interesting. Maybe other people will as well. But UWP is dead. It oh. died, huh? UWP is pretty much dead. Um, that the UWP will continue to exist for like system apps like Mail and OneNote and. Microsoft to-do list and stuff like that. But as a gaming platform, it seems like Microsoft stopped banging that drum. And today on the Windows 10, I'm going to get to why this is relevant for Xbox in a second, but um, on um, today on Windows 10 Skipper Head Ring, they announced a new PC installation, PC game installation experience. And to help test it, they were giving insiders a free copy of State of Decay 1, which isn't a UWP game at all, being delivered over the um, Microsoft Store. So one of the big barriers to VR, I think, for um, Microsoft was they were trying to get developers to move away from their Win32 development chains and move over to UWP. But the thing is, UWP VR is like a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche. Which is kind of like, why would a developer work on a completely different version when they've just made like a Win32 version for PC, which is where most VR lives? So I think there's a good chance that the next Xbox might actually be supporting Win32 development as well because of that. And like, Mm. as such, it's kind of like, if well, if it's supporting Win32, then... That means like easy VR ports to the system and also maybe even mods and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, UWP was a failure, Jez. I'm not surprised hella, that it hella failure. What? Hella failure. Yeah, a huge failure. Nobody nobody cares about UWP because nobody cares about the Windows 10 store. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Nobody cares. And, and, yeah, it's and, like chicken and egg, though. It's like nobody cares about the Windows 10 store because they well, have no game. Look at what Epic's doing with the Epic store. 
Yeah, but it had no games because developers didn't want to develop for Win thir- for UWP. Whereas on the Epic Store, you just you just slap your Win thirty two games on there, and it just works. Mm, mm, man, we we gotta talk about the Epic Store here in a second. Eternal should die with the Super J says. What games? What game studio should Microsoft revive from the OG era until now? Uh, I mean, the only one that they really closed that stuck sticks out to me is Lionhead. You know, the other ones I didn't really think did anything special or anything noteworthy. Um, so that'd be the one I would pick, Jez. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I can't um, really think of another like a, a studio. Who worked on the MechWarrior games back in the day? Uh, I have no clue. I have no clue. Was that second pie? It might have been. But uh geez, this whole epic uh epic store thing is just getting every single time okay, but bizarre studio <laughs> so the Ravens Ravenflow says bizarre studios. Nope, not Microsoft owned. Uh okay. they were independent, they did Project Gotham, and then Activision bought them. Are you and, more talking uh, about which which studio brands would be worth reviving or actual like studios? Because like some of those studio studios close for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, the only one that did anything interesting that I can think of off the top of my head is Lionhead. Like bizarre, like they weren't they were never owned, so it was just they just did PGR, and Activision bought them. They did Blur, and then uh, they did a James Bond game, and they shut them down right afterwards. Uh, I guess you know Internal Strata. He says Ensemble, who did Halo Wars One. But uh, uh, no, Ensemble did all. They didn't just do Halo Wars One. They did all the Age of Empires games. Well, so you see, I, would, I never, I never played an Age of Empires game. So to me, you call them. You could call them re ensemble if they bought them. Re ensemble. They, yeah. I mean, I, they they shut them down right after Halo Wars. Uh, but then again, I, I I'm not really into RTS games, so like that one kind of just I just don't remember. But this Epic Game Store thing, Jazz, how interesting has it really gotten? Because this is, this is my favorite story of the moment, actually. Really? I mean, there, there's a lot of things going around here. So you have Epic Games. Uh, they got Division 2. They they money-handed Ubisoft. And then they money-handed Metro Exodus. So even though Metro Exodus is about to come out on Steam, he, like Epic's like, here you go. Here's some money. And now you're Epic only. and Which was a weird move. And then like a developer for... Metro was like, if PC gamers aren't going to buy it, uh, then the next game won't come to PC. Oh, Jesus, man. Like, <laughs> I was actually I was thinking about writing an editorial on this, about how Epic Games, Epic Games money hatting doesn't really take into consideration how developers are going to have to float the PR bill because it pisses people off, right? I, I remember like Coffee Stain, Coffee Stain signed up to Epic Game Store for their upcoming game, and Coffee Stain, uh, Coffee Stain Publishing, they own um, Go Simulator, right? And mm-hmm. I think, and 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 also, um, uh, oh, what's that game called now? Deep Rock Galactic. I think Coffee Stain published that as well. I could be wrong about that actually, but it, off the top of my head, I think yeah. But they like that. They put out a series of YouTube videos because like they have their fans. And their fans are pissed. Like I, I was, I was waiting for this game to come out. I can't remember what the game is now, even. But they're like, yeah, this game's going to be exclusive to Epic Game Store. And like, they basically put out, like they had to put out like three or four videos, basically apologizing and explaining like, yeah, we needed the money, we needed the cash flow, blah blah blah. And like, 
you know, and it's fair enough. I don't, I don't see like, I don't see the financials that these studios have to deal with. And I'm sure like, especially for Metro Exodus, they're not making service driven games with microtransactions and stuff like that. They've pretty much only got one game to their name and they, um, and they only make like one single player game every few years. So I, I might cash flow in that studio must not be easy. Right. Um, which is why they sign up to publisher deals with, um, and it was the publisher, and 4A Games made the decision to do this. So it's like Koch Media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as such, like they, they've been having to deal with their PR issues now. So like the, the developer, a developer said on a Russian forum, um, just like that he was pissed about it and saying like, well, if not, if people don't support us anymore, then that's going to be the end of making the PC versions or whatever, loosely translated from Russian. Which like... And then um, it pissed everyone off. And then Koch Media had to put out a, a statement saying, um, "It's the the views do not the views expressed by one of our developers does not represent the views of Koch Media. Um, it was just the views of one developer who's frustrated with the situation." Blah blah blah, and uh, basically saying like basically apologizing again. So like every developer that has been involved with Epic Games has had to like mitigate to PR fallout as a result of this. And I see like there's two sides to the argument, right? One side of the argument is, well, it's just another launcher. It doesn't matter having to click a button to open a launcher. I mean, what's the big deal, right? I've got like, I've got on my PC, I've got the Battle.net launcher for World of Warcraft and Heroes of the Storm and, and stuff like that. And then I've got Steam, if I ever want to play a Steam game like Stellaris. And then I've got the Microsoft Store, which I use for Frostpunk because... I like the automatic resolution scaling on UWP containers. Sue me, um, but uh, but then like adding, like, I don't have the Epic Game Store right now. But like, if there was a game exclusive to the Epic Game Store on PC that I really wanted to play, like for example, if if Stellaris Two was exclusive to the Epic Game Store, I would download the Epic Game Store in a heartbeat. But there are like there are legitimate reasons to be concerned with the Epic Game Store. For example. There's less features, right? There's no reviews system. Their their customer support service is being investigated by by um, customer satisfaction companies or something. And you've got like there's loads of other missing features. Their their refund system's been under the spotlight for not giving refunds appropriately. Um, developers can't interact with game gamers on it. There's no social tools, no social platform, and also Epic Games is funded in part by Tencent, who are beholden to the Chinese government. So, you know, and Epic Games put out a statement saying, like, we have nothing to do with Tencent, we're independent, blah, 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 they just, they just have some investment in us. I mean, sure, but I still don't feel great about supporting a company that is involved with Tencent like that, personally. Mm. So, like, there is, like, legitimate concerns to be had there. Um... I feel. I mean, isn't it, what, do you, what do you think about the whole isn't thing? Isn't it interesting that the success of Fortnite has led to this? Yeah, like, I suppose directly, so. Directly uh, responsible or directly because of all the money they made with Fortnite. Right? And it's funny because it's driven him into hypocrisy. Well, yeah. So Tim Sweeney basically is hypocrite like 101. Like you want to see a hypocrite in action? Look at that. He lambasted 
Microsoft for trying to build a wall garden on PC, right? Yeah. Like what? at microsoft so much so like phil spencer had to respond and your bar and everybody and then what does he do when he finally gets some money and wants to build a competitor to steam makes it a walled garden you know like it's one thing to like like maybe i'm not a pc gamer right so like when when i see like oh well just just it's just a launcher whatever like if you want to really want to play metro play it on you know, an Epic. And I understand like the PC is all about options. Um, so like you should be able to play it where you want. Like the game should be on Epic and on steam and all these other places. So you can play it wherever you choose to play. And I understand that Epic's, uh, like their store doesn't have a lot of the common features that steam does. I do think it's weird to see the cons like kind of this console mentality come to PC where, companies are buying exclusives and also it's it, you know? it's, it's making pc gamers hypocritical as well because that they were like we love options blah 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 but then defending steam like wanting it to be the only platform you know it's weird um <laughs> on the one hand i'm i'm happy right that there's co- there's going to be more competition and like in theory because steam having a monopoly is not good let me ask you this is it really competition, though? Mm. Because you usually you say competition is good because consumers benefit from it, right? We benefit from these consumer from these co- companies competing for a dollar, right? But I don't really see any benefit from this whatsoever. Well, like, well, I, 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 I'll t- I'll tell you a benefit right now. the The writer of Portal and Half Life has mysteriously returned to Valve recently. Okay, so it if so maybe that, they maybe they're like, oh shit, we need our own exclusive. So if that forces Valve to start making actual game content again, like a Left 4 Dead three or Half Life three or Portal three, yeah, that okay, that's kind of competition where it forces Valve to actually make games that'd be good. But like normally, I don't know, like normally it just is like competition. The the consumer benefits, and I don't really see. Who's benefiting from Metro Exodus only being available on Epic? The only people well, I yeah. can see is Epic and developers who are getting a paycheck. O- otherwise, consumers aren't. Because well, that's 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 the kicker, you know. Right, and and I I know there are people like, well, this is good for the developers because they'll get a cut, and they also get a better revenue share because Epic is at what eighty eight twelve right now. Yeah, um, true. but it's. It's just it's just weird to see these developers just ditch Steam so fast uh, for that sweet moolah because you would imagine the Epic Store. Uh, I know Fortnite's on there, right? And Fortnite's the most played game in the world, but I can't imagine a lot of people are actually buying games from the Epic Store. So even yeah, though yeah. they may get a better revenue share, if there's only a hundred people shopping there and there's a million over at Steam, like who cares if you get more of the of that money? You're not gonna get as much as you would if you were on Steam, right? Well, I honestly think like um Epic Game Store exclusivity pretty much sucked all the hype out of Ashen. It's like I, I, I wrote an editorial that um Cuphead would would Cuphead became a meme overnight, right, when it launched like Cup Souls and all that stuff. There is no way Cuphead would have been as big as it was if it hadn't come to Steam. If it was just Microsoft platforms, absolutely no way it would have been as big as it was. So like I think I think Ashen lost a lot of its hype because it didn't hit Steam, which has the distribution 
which has you know the the curation which has the algorithms like um where people it's like oh you like rpgs check out ashen you know a lot of people discover games like that so yeah, like yeah. i mean also i think one of the reasons why ashen the hype went is because there was no reviews out for the game yeah, because of the Epic Game Store thing, too. I, I still find that incredibly weird that Epic would run the PR for Ashen when they have a publisher, Annapurna, who that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's that's also weird. Like, Isn't the that, whole... Epic just fucked up Ashen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... Are they also fucking up Metro? I mean, maybe. And at least, like... Metro's had pretty good marketing. Like, there's lots of really great videos about it, but... They they managed to suck out all the goodwill with gamers like overnight, especially with that dev making the comment he did. Like, like what I'm saying, like it I sounds under- like the devs were surprised by this. It sounds like the devs didn't know. Right, that, that's the thing. Look, and I understand, like if if in this day and age, right, uh, if you actually wanted to make a PC competitor. This is what you'd actually have to do. You couldn't do it any other way. How are you going to make PC gamers choose your store over somebody else? They already love Steam. To them, Steam is PC gaming, despite what what people will say. Like They only want to use Steam. So if you're trying to build your own store, how would you go about it? If, if I was Epic, this is, I would do the same thing. I would start money-hadding games to be only available on my store, so I force people to use it. I mean, uh, this is what iOS does. Like, iOS has a bunch of exclusive mobile games that Apple paid for that aren't on Android. They did it with bloody Halo Spartan Strike. And you can't get Halo Spartan Strike on um, on uh, Android. It's exclusive to iPhone because Apple presumably paid some kind of dividend to Microsoft and I mean, it's, PG. It's just, Steam is so ingrained in the PC culture at this point, right? Yeah, it is. The only one somebody can break in is exactly how Epic is doing it with a ton of money where they can just go after all these big games who just so happen to be already upset at Steam about the revenue split and all this stuff. And a lot of these smaller indie devs, they don't like it either. So it's like, here comes Epic with a boatload of money because of Fortnite. And they're like, we're going to give you a bigger split. We're going to cut you a check. Come over here. And you know, all these games that these PC people want to play that they've been used to playing on Steam, it's like, well, if you really want to play Metro, you got to go to Epic. And people will be like, well, it's just another launcher, which it just is. But see, I don't really know how much that really affects. I don't game on PC. So, like, I couldn't tell you if that's really a big deal or not because I don't really have any experience on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who does play a lot on PC will be like, well, here are the reasons why this whole thing is bad. And they'll list a hundred different reasons, which I don't know anything about because I don't play on PC. Like you can ask me something about Xbox and I probably have an answer because I know a lot about Xbox, but like PC gaming, I don't really know anything about, you know? Um, speaking about Xbox jazz, uh, <laughs> you know, we we talked a little bit earlier about Xbox Live coming to Switch, right? And oh. iOS and Android. But if they really want to make that move, don't you think they got to really fix Xbox Live and the sign-in problems and all these issues they've been having lately? Yeah, like, I literally tweeted this the other day. It's like, like it's gotten really bad recently. So much so bad that there was that black screen of death. I think it was last week where like Xbox consoles were basically unusable for a, a 
you know, a little bit of time. Um, yeah. it's, and if uh, you're... it's bad because like as Xbox Live scales, it's all connected, right? Um, if if like Azure goes down, it affects everything. It affects Office. It affects people's businesses. It affects everything. So um, and like while no data gets lost because like of, of you know server migration and stuff like that it's still like it's still so frustrating when you can't you just can't log in even like to play offline it's weird but um the thing is uh microsoft presumably is one of the few companies that has the scale to add new servers i just hope that they the 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 weird thing about online stuff is that no developer seems to accurately estimate how much stuff they need you know Apex Legends like, did, huh? Apex Light Legends actually, you know, made sure to have enough servers. Like, mo- like I know Anthem was screwed up at the beginning, but like, usually at the launch of a big game, you can always kind of like, oh, the servers won't work right away, right? For yeah, a yeah. day, they, they're eight, they, those whatever whoever servers they were using. I don't know if they're EAs or somebody else's. They worked. They had enough. I actually don't know how EA does its cloud. I need to look into that probably. I don't know if they 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 buy from Amazon or or just actually just have. I don't think they have their own servers. They must buy from Amazon or something. I'm just I'm just saying like a lot of these. No, most of the time these outages for Xbox Live happen when I'm not on, but I still see them. Mm. And I just I look at them like man, it, like you got to rectify this. I mean, not only do we pay for it, right? Which I'm not expecting a hundred percent uptime on any service I pay for, like. You know, um, there'll be times Netflix is down or whatever. Like, I don't think anybody realistically expects 100% uptime, but I expect it to be, you know, working the vast majority of the time. But it just seems like every day there's like, there's the black screen issue. Oh, the games won't start. Uh, here's this issue. You can't sign in. And it's just like every single day there seems to be a new issue. And it's like, well, if you're bringing all these services elsewhere, if you're going to have xCloud streaming, this stuff better work. You know what I mean? And it's it's gonna put a lot of strain on servers and stuff. So <laughs> DJ Singh says Sony goes out for a whole week in a row, but Xbox goes down and Meteor hits the earth. I mean, yeah, I still remember when Sony was down for a month with their yeah, when when has Sony been down for a week recently? Recently, no. If nobody's been down for a week, I think that's a that's a little exaggeration hyperbole. But like if somebody was down for a week in this day and age, it'd be a catastrophe. Because not only can people not play, think of all the money developers are losing out. Like think of if Xbox Live is inaccessible for millions of people for twenty to thirty minutes, how much money are they losing on oh. game sales, DLCs, cosmetic purchases? And think about that. If you're oh, down for a week, how much money is that? Billions of dollars? Like, that's pretty bad, you know. Yeah, I, I still say if that Sony hack happened now, if Sony, if tomorrow Sony, the PlayStation Network went offline, or you know what, let's say it was Xbox Live too, it'd be same for both, and they were offline for a month because of a security breach. It, it'd be over. It'd be over. I'm telling you right now, like they're lucky that happened 2009 ish, where. They were able to recover, but if that happened today in this day and age, like it's it's game over. Like people, it, it, I, I don't know. At least I think it is. I, I mean, I I, I, don't really, I don't really trust many corporations. Regardless, I mean, I don't have my payment information on PlayStation for that very reason. Now, I do have my 
some of my you know credit cards tied to my Xbox account. But if that ever happened, boom, those are gone in a second. Like I would remove those instantly. How do you buy things on PlayStation then? If without, without... I just buy a um, I buy a gift card from Amazon. Oh, I PlayStation gift card. I, I, I... I got my I got my cards tied up to PlayStation because I like to live on the edge. You you sure do, but you don't even <laughs> do PlayStation though. Like, you, 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 what are you buying from PSN? You barely even turn your system on. Uh, I, I suppose I buy games when they're on sale, exclusives, like Bloodborne, which I Bloodborne, played. which people want us to do some sort of co-op stream. Oh my god, that'd be hard. <laughs> and I I still need to finish The Last of Us. I got to. I got to somewhere, I think. You got to somewhere? Well, that's pretty good. Right. Where do you think? No, no, no. I mean, summer. Like what? Oh, summer. Okay. I got to. I got to the university. Ooh. So, what do you, what are you thinking of it? Of Last of Us. It's incredible. Yeah. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Like I've not even finished it, but it's it's easily one of I don't know top five of all time. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I like so like. So just some of the things that happen in the game. I mean, I could like I could gush about. We could do a whole stream gushing about the Last of Us, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But like, man, I, I really want. I really want Microsoft to be able to give those experiences. You know, with Xbox. I mean, of I mean, of course. I mean, like, I, I think Last of Us is one of those rarefied air games. But like, I, I really do expect Gears Five to be much, much better than Gears Four. Not saying it's going to approach like a 96 on Metacritic, but like Gears 4 being it was a two year dev cycle, Gears 3, Gears 5, or it was more like a three year. I expect good things and great things from Gears 5. I expect great things out of the initiative. I mean, your website, every single time they hire something new, I see an article from Windows Central. Ash is uh, watching that stuff like a hawk, man. He's like, oh my God, Jez, look at that hired. Can I write about it? I'm like, yeah. I mean, this last one was some was some some lady I've never heard of, and it's like, oh, they hired. I'm like, who is this person? Like, I, I don't know. Like, all, all I really want I should is, watch it is, like a is, is for all these studios to make great games, right? The Initiative, Playground Game, Second Studio. We cover it because, like, we cover I, it because there's this narrative that Microsoft hasn't been investing, you know. Well, the problem is you won't see a lot of these games. Well, some like I think we'll see Ninja Theory's game. I'm pretty positive Ninja Theory's game is going to be revealed at E3 and it's going to release next year. Like yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. I, I, I know, I know it is. Okay, you know it is. I'm just, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Um, I mean, Matt Booty was just teasing like they're going to show a bunch of stuff at E3. Um, that'd be great. I, I, I do think. I do think that if Microsoft, like, look, you, you can't really argue against the stretch of the last two years of Xbox exclusives, like quality wise. I, I, I do think outside of the Forza franchise, it's taking a dip. Like, it, they're not as good as they should be, right? They sh- like the game should be better. Maybe it's just because I don't really care for say to the K and Sea Thieves or Halo Wars or whatever. Which Halo Wars was was, was a fine game, but like. I'm really my expectations for what they're doing for the future. My expectations are extremely high. Like I'm expecting great things out of some of these studios, and if they don't, they don't produce, then I'll be I'll be out there saying like, hey, like obviously this this needs to be rectified. But I I, look, be triggered. I'll be I'm I'm glass. I'm at this point. Normally, I'm glass half empty. I'm glass half full at this point. Like I I do think. 
the studios that they they purchase will provide great content. And a lot of a lot of the the memes like Xbox has no games and stuff will fall by the wayside if there's a strong stretch of quality exclusives because that's all that people want. They just want great games. So what's, what's, what's the next? What's the next thing they'll be criticized for then? If, right, they fixed they fixed the power the power gap. No one talks about resolution anymore. If they fix the games, what will people complain about next? I mean, it'll just be that Xbox games. You, it, it'll just be what it is kind of now to a certain degree that you can get Xbox games on anything else other than Xbox. That oh, you sorry. don't need an Xbox to play Xbox games. That, that seems it, like such. That seems like such a weird thing to laugh about. Like, haha, you can play games on any console you want, loser. Well, uh, I'm, I'm just I, saying. Like, I mean, it is true. Like, if you want to play Xbox exclusives, you don't need an Xbox to play Xbox exclusives. And they usually run better on the Windows 10 PC. Of course, if you have the PC that is spec properly, yes. Now, I think if the games come out and are great, then that'll be, it'll be it'll just be like, well, I can play it on Switch or I can play it on PC, which is whatever. Who cares? At that point... If, if that's the argument, if the argument is I can play these games on my on something else other than Xbox, and it's not like the, it's not it's not that the games suck, it's that I would rather play these games somewhere else. Then then that's fine. Who cares at that point? But the meme now is that there are no games, and the games they do have outside of Forza are horrible, right? Uh, so I don't know. Anyways, you know what? Let's uh, let's take some questions. Uh, I know it's getting late for you. You guys have any questions? Huh? Oh, I'm fun. Yeah, well, I didn't, we can I didn't even know it was fun. We can keep on having fun. I'm just, I'm just opening up the floor to some questions for if anybody <laughs> has anything they want us to talk about. But you know, I appreciate everybody being here on a Friday. Hopefully, next week we can be uh, back like regular day on a Wednesday. Uh, that's when I would rather do a podcast. But um, you know, before you all file out of here. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, make sure to give it a like. Give it a dislike if you hated it. If you don't like me and Jez, if you think we're uh, we're just the worst, make sure you leave a dislike. And uh, if it was your first time watching, I hope you enjoyed it and hit the sub button. So let's get into some questions. Um, Face twenty three BKNY always has a question for us as soon as we as soon as we end the show. He says, "Will Sony make up for not being at E three twenty nineteen with releasing Last of Us two during E three week? Will that be huge in my in your opinion?" Um, I don't think Last of Us 2 is coming out during E3 week, so I don't think that's realistic. If it did happen, it would be huge. But in my opinion, if Last of Us 2 comes out, you're looking at either September, October, or November, and that's it. And if it's not one of those three months, it's next year. Jez? Yeah, I mean... Do you think Sony will have things to talk about at E3? Do you think then did they just they're not just going to give the whole floor to? No, Mario. they already said they they won't have they not they don't have anything planned for at E3 whatsoever. That's weird. The, well, going I, to... I presume they'd have some kind of Sony event right later on. Yeah, I I do think there'll be a Sony event. Um, I mean, they that nothing's confirmed, but I do think there'll be an event where they talk about maybe what's coming at the end of the year if anything's coming. I mean, who knows? From what I've been told. Sony doesn't even know what their end of the year lineup looks like. You know, I've been told Death Stranding and Last of Us might launch in 2019, but I've been told if they, you know, have some sort of hiccup, then both those games could hit 2020. So I don't well, know. I, I, I like that. I like that they're willing to wait for quality because 
So many devs don't. So. Well, that's true. I mean, sometimes you got to push it out the door. Like Anthem, I think Anthem could really benefit for another six months in the oven. Well, this this is another thing, right? Um, uh, my friend, my colleague Matt, who played, he played Anthem. He said the build he played was way more polished than what we got in the demo. And like my um, Bioware themselves have said that they've got more advanced builds than what they offered in the demo. So hopefully. We won't be in a situation where there's no where there's where uh, we won't be in a Fallout seventy six situation. Yes, Anthem seventy six. <laughs> wow. So shady says this is easily tied for my favorite podcast. To listen to I really enjoy Rand and Jez's dynamic together. Thank you, Shady of the Chess Empire. Appreciate that. Libertine Gamer says okay. Rand, this is pessimistic hyperbole. Those games might be modi- mediocre, but it's not horrible. Um, just my opinion, dude. Uh, I. I don't really think Sea of Thieves is horrible or State of Decay are horrible or, you know, I do think, like, I expect better from Microsoft. Uh, horrible. Yeah, I, I, I loved State of Decay. It's one of my favorite my favorite games this whole gen, right? But I also was super disappointed with it. Like, when, when I saw it at E3, I was like, oh my god, it's exactly the same as the first one, pretty much. And, like, yeah, I had, like, I was expecting AAA quality, and it wasn't AAA quality. You know, as much as I love the game and I've put like 150 hours into it or something stupid, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I'm just... I think it's, it's fine. It's fine. As a, as a fan of Xbox and a fan of Microsoft, it's important that we don't just cheerlead, right? If we just cheerlead and just say, yeah, all your games are awesome, you know, when they ain't, they ain't going to get better, you know? Well, you I mean, have, and, have and to give at... them criticism where it's due. Look at Sea Thieves right now. Uh, lambasted for reviews for not having content, and a year later, there's content to plenty, and it's seen a resurgence not only in on Twitch but also in their player numbers. Um, they've had more people playing it now than they ever have before, and that's entirely because they supported the game. Now, of course, that's the you know I think the game should like the game shouldn't have launched the way it originally launched, like. And yeah, it's been early access. It, it, it's great that they're doing everything they can to make it a great experience by adding a great content. And Rare should, you know, Rare should be happy with what they've built. It's just that it was so barren at launch. And when you review a game, it's like you can only review a game when it's out. Like somebody, sure, somebody could re review Sea of Thieves now and maybe give it a different score. But, uh, you know, and I know there's plenty of people like, you know, the Xbox Corp, Zalker87, my buddy. He loves Sea of Thieves. Uh, he thinks it's like the greatest thing ever. And I just, you know, I just, I, I just don't agree <laughs> whatsoever. Like that's, that's it. That's just my opinion. You know, he, I, and I respect his opinion. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but Shandy also wants to know if I'm looking forward to Metro Exodus. Of course, you know, I'd be on that game day one. Uh, Chief Nagel wants to know if I'm going to the Halo convention since there's one in Chicago. I actually thought about it, Jez. Did you did you see the uh, Halo announcement inside Xbox? Yeah, I did. I, I actually just edited an article that um, we've got we've got like a Halo lore expert on Windows Central, and um, he um, he's obsessed with Halo lore, like hardcore obsessed with it. And he thinks that Halo Discovery is going to be full of hints for uh hello infinite yeah i i thought so too and and it is coming here into chicago and i i'm really thinking about going to it you know i'm also 
really planning on going to E3 this year. You know, everything's aside. I really want to go to E3. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's hopefully everything lines up. You know, there's people I want to meet. You know, um, I didn't meet uh, when I went hey. there. I didn't, meet, I didn't meet Sam Tolbert of Tick. I want to meet. I want to meet him. I want to go out to dinner with you and Tim Dog and all the guys. Yeah. You know, I know Mike was saying that he he wants me to go, and you know, uh, I want you to go, man. I, I want to go. I I I I love being out there in 2016. You know. Then, you need to show me. You need to show me like what a good taco is. A good taco, yeah. I, I had um, tacos in Florida, actually. I, I do believe I, E3 I, fan I, tickets go on sale next week. By the way, so if you are thinking about going and you want to buy tickets, then that might be the time. Um, Sykes Skyro Gaming says three four three is a second team working on something besides Halo, right? They have 500 employees and counting just for Halo, but the coalition is getting close to 400 and working on two games internally. Oh, well, we yeah. don't know the coalition's working on two games, and I don't think they're close to 400. Last I thought was told, or at least looked, I think they were close to 300. Um, I think 343 is just really going to do Halo. I, I, yeah, I, I, I know, I know about a second Halo project that 343 is working on right now. Ooh, ooh! So they are working on two, th- but you think they might be working on two projects, but they'll all be Halo related in some way. They're all Halo. I I know that they're working. Well, they're working on the Master Chief Collection still, and yeah. I, I, there's going to be there's going to be a very fun Halo Master Chief announcement. Um, Master Chief Collection announcement later this year. I mean, we already I mean, know what it is. It's going to PC. It's not that. Not that. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, but I pretty much. I mean, before it was just a rumor, right? But now I know. What it's... other what other announcement could it be? It's already on Xbox. It's already in Game Pass. It's already updated to four K. Four K. The only other announcement is it's coming to Windows Ten PC. That wouldn't be shocking. Now, what would be shocking is if it also came to Steam. Then that would be the a fact announcement. I don't know about. Hmm. So I, I really don't see a scenario where three four three is making a game that's not Halo. Multiple projects, yes. One that's not Halo, I don't see it. I would love for that to happen, but same thing with the Coalition. I don't think they're going to be doing something that's not Gears related. I don't know. Maybe maybe they will in the future. If Microsoft really wants this one AAA game per quarter, I would love for each one of these teams to have multiple or studios that have multiple teams uh, to be able to do stuff. Uh, Gunstar wants to know, what about getting a guest on every now and then? You guys are respected and could could get a good guest on. Phil would do it. Uh, as much as I would love to have Phil on here, I doubt Phil would want to come on the Phil. Phil is a he's a corporate executive now at Microsoft. Like you know the hoops you got to go through to. I, we would have to go through to get Phil on here. We'd have to like like sign all these sort of thingies. Probably. I, I mean, know. I would love to have Mike on again, but I mean, I you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought about interviewing people, but I just don't really know that many people in the industry. Um, but you know, me and Jeff have talked about it. Ruby said he'd do it about, oh, Halo, about Halo. and he's he's now at three four three, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's the director of player feedback, player engagement. Yeah, El Paul says Brad Sam's mentioned Jez in his YouTube show. Does Jed and Brad yeah. talk compare notes? Sometimes, I've been ta- I've been talking to Brad. Brad's a good good guy. Um, you were also uh, gave a shout out by Digital Foundry. I did. I was like, so 
Squee. <laughs> he said that. I was like, oh my god, he said he said my name. Senpai <laughs> noticed me. Where was but my that, shout out, huh? Because I knew exactly what you were doing too. God. Well, you didn't write an article about it. I know I didn't, but I knew. I knew before <laughs> Jess knew. Well, aren't you special? Yeah, I know. I yeah. am special. Uh, Sam, he wants to know, do you guys think we'll get any interesting Xbox announcements before E3, specifically anything to do with xCloud? Um, I think... I, I've heard that there's going to be some kind of hardware event before E3. Um, possibly for Maverick. Now, originally I heard Maverick was going to be announced in January, so God knows what what happened there. But and now I've heard that it's going to be announced closer to launch, maybe sometime in March or April. Um, and also, uh, I also heard something about a new Xbox controller. Now, that might have been the Sport Red controller that just got revealed, or it could be something else entirely. So there's also that on the radar, but also like possibly a new Surface Book 3 with a gaming focus because the new R- the RTX stuff, maybe. So... I don't know, but I've, I've heard there is going to be some kind of event before then. Yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I would expect there to like if the Mavericks coming out that discless Xbox, you don't need to reveal that at E3. That could easily be revealed beforehand. Um, I'm of two minds about XCloud. Part of me thinks that it will be in closed beta to s- certain people, maybe Xbox insiders, before E3. But then I could also see it being like an E3 thing. Um, not really sure. I don't really know what their timetable is for xCloud for this year. I think, I think xCloud will be an E3 thing because it's it's going to be such a big part of what they're doing in the future and investors are going to be watching and all that sort of stuff. So Sam Tilbert says the coalition is at 350 plus now per a presentation they did recently. So they grew a lot. They were at 250 uh, not that long ago. Well, the coalition's probably working with splash damage on gears tactics, which by the way, I, I just, I'm so hyped for that game, man. Um, I, I, I keep hearing great things about gears tactics too. That game is definitely 2020, by the way, same thing with battle toads. You looking forward to battle toads, right? No, not at I, all. I heard you're a huge battle toads. Fan. No, 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 no. I just, no, no, I heard like if, if like you are the guy to talk to about battle toads, is that Oh, not- am I the guy? Yes, I'm the guy to tell you not to make Battletoads. You know what's funny? <laughs> After E3, uh, I was playing with Phil. We were playing State of the K2, and he was asking me what I thought about E3. And I legit said to him, like, I don't know why you're making new Battletoads. Nobody cares about Battletoads. Why are you doing this? <laughs> he just started laughing. I'm like, nobody cares about... like. <sighs> Dude, you are so wrong about Battletoads. I mean, I don't know. Like, I told Phil, like, Rash is one of the I was most, like, Phil, most played characters in Kings. I would, I would applaud if you would announce tomorrow that Battletoads is canceled. Why? Why do you want Good. a game to be canceled? You're a bad person. I, who cares about Battletoads? It's 2019. Who cares about Battletoads? It's cool, man. No, no, it wasn't even cool back on the NES. Did you did you do you hate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why don't you like Battletoads? It's basically because it's, it's it's so dumb. It's the, basically the same thing. So dumb. You're I'm dumb. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna talk to Phil again and be like, "Can you cancel Battletoads, please, just for me? I don't who I don't need Battletoads." So, you know you know what I think should be canceled? Splinter Cell. What? How about that? <sighs> it has been canceled. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? There's another. There's a cheap in a new Far Cry game for finding Sam Fisher's Ashlyn outfit. They're like teasing him in literally every single game. When is the new Splinter Cell? Why, why, why do you think they canceled it then? Uh, I had heard they canceled it for that uh, Atlas game, that flying game. Atlas game? Yeah. I don't know. Blue Rain says this podcast should be canceled. <gasps> okay, <laughs> we'll cancel it. I mean, there's there are some... You know what? Everybody's still left in chat. Type a one if you care about Battletoads. Type a two if you don't care about Battletoads, like me, who would rather see it just stuck in the past where it belongs. So one, if you enjoy Battletoads and love to see it come back, or two, if you're smart like me. Let's. I want to see. I want to see how many ones and twos we get here, Jazz. Okay. So oh, dude, we forgot about Minecraft Dungeons. That's coming out. So look at this. Look at all these. Look at all these twos. Look at all these smart people in the chat. Look at all these twos. Are they just typoing? They mean one. Yeah. No, they don't. Who would? Who would mean one? I mean, come on now. Look at I, want ba- I want Battletoads. I'm. I'm curious. I'm. I'm Battletoads curious. But uh, judging from some of the articles, like specifically the Xbox Game Studios one, and then the one from that was looking like Battletoads isn't mentioned at all this year, like for games that are coming out this year. So that definitely is a 2020 game, uh, I think. Um, Same thing with Gears Tech. So like you're going to get Ori this year. So after Crackdown 3 comes out, it'll be Ori. And my guess, Ori will be out in September. I know a lot of people are like, well, no, no way, there's too much of a gap. That's when it's coming out. Gears will be October, and that'll be your that'll be your games for Xbox. Minecraft Dungeons will come out, but it's PC only, so who cares? Right? It's coming to Xbox, of course it is. Okay, well, it, they don't say anything about coming to Xbox this year. And then 2020 will be Battletoads. It will be um, early 2020, Gears Tactics. And then I don't think they'll release anything else until the new hardware launches, where you'll have a launch title smorgasbord of Halo Infinite, Forza Motorsport 8, um, Ninja Theory's new game, Killer Instinct 2, and whatever else they got lined up. Oh, did you say that... um... Microsoft people were visiting Iron Galaxy recently. Oh, were they? I mean, I mean, that's who. I mean, they develop, you know, uh, Killer Instinct. So if the Killer Instinct twos and coming, I would imagine, you know, they'd have to. <laughs> Stephen King, uh, he says, PS4 guy, how about bringing Scalebound back and never coming back? It's dead. That is a doornail. Uh, oh, I, Steve- I don't get why people want that game actually. Steven Sullivan says, press three for Banjo and smash Banjo on Switch. I have constantly here, and I've asked people that, that, that know Banjo is coming to Switch. I don't know. Or Banjo's coming to Smash. And I know you've said you've heard something similar, Jazz. I, I've, I've just heard they are trying to get... There, are, or there is talks to get an Xbox character or Microsoft characters into Smash. But beyond that, I don't know. So I'm guessing it's Banjo, because that's the one people want. Yeah. Well, Beats Games Life Zim, he says Ninja Theory's game in three years sounds small scale. Well, you got to also keep in mind that they were working on whatever game this is uh, back when Hellblade was in development. So it's not necessarily three years. Um, It might have been like four years, because I think that game might have started development in 2016. 
it, it was definitely a game that they were working on when Microsoft acquired them. I mean, Matt Booty even said it recently on Inside Xbox that some of these studios had games already in production, and this will be one of them. It's just like you know they 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 bought the studio last year and they're going to have a game ready for 2020. Now, I guess it's possible that game could come out uh before the new system but i just think they're just gonna backload it and launch everything with the new system that's i don't see why they would like oh well here's whatever game it is and in may or something you know right i don't know um scale bound though yeah people really do get hung up on that game don't they i i don't know why because the i mean the gameplay looked all right but the character was awful yeah, and then there was that rumor that uh, Microsoft was uh, trying to acquire them, Platinum Games. Remember that? Yeah, people. I don't know why people want that so much. I mean, they're a good, they're a good dev, sure, but like, I I don't know why them specifically. Thanero says, "What if they rebrand Scalebound to Crimson Dragon Scalebound?" Well, <laughs> I mean, they don't really care about Crimson Dragon anymore. I don't know. I mean, this is this is one weakness that Microsoft has is that it doesn't really have a huge amount of nostalgia to plug into. That's, I mean, that is pretty true. Yeah, that is pretty true. But anyways, guys, I think that's uh, it for the podcast today. Hope everybody enjoyed it. If you're listening to this later on Google uh, Play or iTunes or SoundCloud, we appreciate you. And if, uh, you know, for everybody listening here, all the support, everybody watching live, all the comments, the super chats, I mean, guys really appreciate everything. Uh, Before you go, make sure you uh, hit that like button. You can always leave a comment below when the video finishes processing. And uh, yeah, Jez, what do you got going on? Uh, Windows Central, uh, now that you're back at work instead of soaking up the sun. Um, I'm working on a Xbox adaptive controller feature, so look out for that maybe next week or the week after. Working on reviews for Metro and Crackdown, although I don't know how I'm going to fit them both in, so we'll see how that you goes. Know, you, can give me, you can give me the Metro one. Oh, I'm sorry, I already used the key, sorry. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> that's That's for me. I'm such a massive Metro fan, man. You don't know how much of a fan I am of that game. Um, so I've got hopes, hopes for the sequel. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. Um, I'm going to do a showcase of that new Red Sport controller as well. Probably like do a little video so you can see it all close. My fancy camera. But other than that, just Jesse Darby says controller. that we didn't answer his question. Oh, what was his he question? asked how how I and you were doing. I did not see that. We are uh, oh, doing pretty so good. Man. I know. I I must have. Met, just overlooked it my bad dude i try to get to everybody's questions um yeah. i must have just missed it but uh yeah we're doing pretty good hope it's everybody else show. is gonna have a great friday um so yeah hit the like button subscribe all that good stuff next week i will have a couple of reviews as well currently playing crackdown three and D- di almighty spartan god he says i didn't answer his i didn't see yours buddy but yeah <laughs> i mean i know it's hard to look through chat sometimes when you're when you're talking uh, but yeah, I'm currently reviewing Crackdown 3 and Far Cry New Dawn. So look for stuff on that next week. But uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. And we'll see you hopefully Wednesday or Thursday next week for the next podcast. Later.